Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr, Editorial Director, Efficient Plant Magazine. Today I am with Lisa Nelson and Bridget Spencer. Lisa Nelson is Vice President of Integrated Marketing and Customer Care for Emerson's Measurement Solutions Business. She has more than 30 years of experience in the process control industry and has held leadership positions in customer care, operations, information technology, digital and marketing functions within Emerson. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate you having us on today. Yeah, looking forward to this. And then the uh, our other guest, Bridget Spencer of PE, who is a department manager, instrument engineering and design for the Wood Group in Houston. And Bridget has 14 years of experience in oil and gas engineering as lead engineer on capital projects in various business units, ranging from refinery units such as delayed cokers, FCCs, and HF Alki units to offshore drilling and production units, as well as cryogenic gas units onshore. Bridget, good to have you with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Our topic is the, yeah, this is going to be fun, digital tools and what they're doing for engineering work, how they're changing engineering work. And it's an interesting topic because how they're changing engineering work, yeah, like in in huge ways. So it's just it's just a matter of exploring those ways. Because we look at engineering, and I mean, I'm sure in the digital world, most engineers have stayed fairly well on the cutting edge. But just in recent years, there's just been so many options that have come along for sharing information that uh, I'm sure for for you guys in the engineering world, it's just been uh, every six months something new to try, something new to benefit from. Lisa, what what in the past year... Six months, even now, have you experienced with your customers and and probably within your own team in terms of of changes and advancements with digital tools in in the engineering field? Well, what we really have seen is um, the adoption because of speed and the ability for people to self-service. But also, they really want access to expertise at their fingertips and um, just in the last year, we've seen, I mean, specifically, we've seen tw- over 2,500 chats where their conversations between an engineer and one of our subject matter experts um, collaborating on process conditions and working together for technical sizing and working really collaboratively together to solve the engineer's problem. And, and then oftentimes they can come offline and email um, their work to you know finish off in the traditional way, or they can finish it through the digital means as well. But it's really about speed and interaction efficiency that they're they're looking for. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that term self service, that ability to get information without having to rely on someone else, really really become critical and and such a huge help. Definitely. And as we see kind of the the size of the workload or the number of tags, for example, that are being handled, um, we also see an opportunity to eliminate waste. In larger projects, we see, you know, upwards of 50% of the tags that require some sort of change. And for those, they could have average four changes per project cycle. So what's really important is to be able to do that work and eliminate manual and especially duplicate data entry, for example. So self-serve, but also remove that waste is a critical piece. And Bridget, you're working on the front lines there. What uh, what are you experiencing? What uh, what has actually become available to you in recent times? From the engineering 
EPC perspective, the, the biggest thing is the tools that we use. Um, we've gone from using Excel spreadsheets to using more database tools. And then integrating the databases, we use different software programs that are all database driven, but we're able to pull information from one software to another. So from everything from our process modeling software, we're now using smart PNIDs as well as smart modeling tools. You know, I'm a instrumentation is my field. So we use uh, database software in that too. And we're able to interconnect from process modeling to PNIDs, to the 3D model, to the instrumentation database, the mechanical equipment list, the piping line list, and integrate all of those different systems by pulling the data out into what we commonly refer to as either a data hub or a data warehouse and mapping the data between the different software systems. So it minimizes, again, we just heard the term efficiency. It really brings about efficiency and that you're not rekeying in and it, it, it increases efficiency as well as it reduces mistakes. So it increases quality as well when you don't have somebody accidentally type the wrong number or especially with like model numbers, model numbers are not words where you can look at it quickly and see a spelling mistake. If there's a character in a model number that's not correctly typed in, it could totally change the product that you're getting. And it's, not obvious to the naked eye when there's a mistake within a model number. So we're seeing a lot of integration and data transfer and data mapping where it's minimizing rekeying in. And that way it takes the um, man hours involved to a more efficient level as well. Do you find yourself, Bridget, at a point where you're uh, exploring what your existing software can do for you in terms of uh, I know that there's. I'm using 30% of its capability. Uh, do you feel that, that you're at that point, or are you at a point where you're always looking for new tools to help you? A lot of the software that we've used over the past years has evolved, and they're putting out new versions of the software that increase the capabilities. So in, in that aspect, we haven't really had to adapt too much other than adapting to the software as it changes but we are expanding the capabilities, like I said, integrating from one software to the next, even software from different manufacturers. You know, a lot of times you have a software suite that's sold and one discipline won't like something about their tool in that suite. So we end up using software from different manufacturers, but we have on our, within our company, we use our software administrators to do the integration of the systems. So like I said, pulling it out into the data hub and then mapping it to where it needs to go and get to. You know, and I, I want to ask both of you about this, this, this whole collaboration thing, which to me is the very core of, of all of this and your ability to collaborate with customers and, and help them. And it, to me, it's not only collaboration, but it's being able to and I describe it, if you're trying to help someone with a, a computer problem, the first question is, is the machine on? And yeah. is it plugged in? But but these days, I, it's my understanding or my thinking that when it comes to helping engineers, your customers, that you're able to start where they're at. You don't have to go back to those basics. But because of the online capabilities, the, the digital information that you can exchange, you're able to to start where they're at and save everyone time? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
you know, within um, my Emerson um, on Emerson.com, we have this collaborative workspace where engineers, when they're logged into my Emerson, they can work within their own organization to share information and the work that they're doing or with our uh, sales representatives or even our customer care teams and subject matter experts to help them manage their projects and spare parts lists, upgrades, things like that. And we also have the capability if we're working with an engineer in a traditional way over the phone or email, once we complete the work, we can actually seamlessly update that information into the customer's workspace so that when they log back into my Emerson, that they have that information at their fingertips. So I think this collaboration piece that is really helping us to improve that efficiency. And like you said, work with the engineers where they're at in their in their work process. And Bridget, that same thing applies to you, I'm sure, in terms of collaboration with your team, but also across the company and with your customers, uh, both and up and down the chain. Must be a tremendous help to make sure everyone's on the same page all the time. Definitely. And, you know, up to this point, I've spoken of our interdiscipline coordination. We can also use the digital tools in order to collaborate and share data with our vendors. You know, a, a typical traditional way that we send information out for quote is in a PDF format on a data sheet. And sometimes they've even been, you know, scanned in rather than digitally printed. So there's, it's not easy for the vendor to be able to pull information out and into their system. But now we can issue them a, a data file, a flat file where they can easily do their own data mapping to pull it into their software. That way they're minimizing the keystrokes. And if there's vendors that we use repeatedly, we can set up our systems to where we only have to do the data mapping one time for that vendor. And then on future projects, we've already got the format mapped. And so we're spending one set of man hours to do the mapping and able to use it on multiple projects then. That also then is a benefit, obviously, for change. Uh, any, any changes after a project is, is in place uh, has to be a huge benefit there in terms of, of collaboration. Definitely. It drives efficiency all around. Do you find that uh, uh, management is better informed? Are you able to keep them better informed by giving them what they need, knowing that more details are available, available to them uh, if, they, if they want to explore further? Yeah, we've been able to actually make our own um, reporting based on the database tools that we have. So we can actually tell somewhat of tag maturity or deliverable revisions and stuff like that that we're able to pull into uh, reporting from our documentation systems as well as our engineering databases so that the, the lead on a project isn't having to go in and manually update. It automatically updates based on when a new revision is issued. It'll take the progress within the progress report automatically. And Lisa, when it comes to talking with your customers, the Bridgets of the world, tremendous feedback channel for you in terms of improving your products? Absolutely. It, and, um, and the capabilities that we offer um, around those products. I think there's a lot of great work and sharing as we continue to see these types of capabilities evolve. I think that really the future as we look at this type of capability, Bridget talked about all the connectedness with her systems within her business and then back to um, companies like Emerson, it really comes down to transforming our work practices for 
our subject matter experts and our support engineers that are working with the design and project engineers on people on teams like Bridget. So it really is embedding and changing those work practices for efficiency and um, deeper partnerships that I think really will benefit everyone in the long run. For you, Bridget, that same exchange with Emerson uh, in terms of, of feedback back to you, here's a way you might do something differently, more efficiently. We talked about um, the quotation and typically sending out a PDF, whereas now we can send out data files in that same stream. Whenever the vendor gives us a quote back, they can give us the information in that same flat file. They can modify it to put their specific model number or their specific data to their product and send it back to us. And then we can import it into our systems, which obviously drives efficiency there. But then the collaborative tools, you know, we've, um, we're piloting the use of my Emerson on one of Wood's projects right now to see what, what efficiencies there are in it. And just the collaborative effort where as soon as something gets updated by us or by Emerson, it's immediately able to be seen within the My Emerson tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have the ability to track changes and to confirm that we're where we need to be and, and know where we've come from um, in these collaborative environments. So it, it really benefits both businesses um, when we're sharing and collaborating in that way. Bridget, when you look at uh, projects and the tools that are available to you these days, talk about what they do for you in terms of generating new business, uh, bidding on projects. Are you bidding uh, on more projects? Are you able to be more complete in your bidding? I assume all these things, I know they all depend on the situation, but talk about that whole world of of putting projects together and how you can do more projects or you can do projects in more depth or maybe even add more to a project that would not have been possible, say, five years ago. The biggest collaboration with vendors that I see that's helpful is with the schedule. You know, typically you send out a quote, you get two weeks to get the quote back, you do two weeks for clarifications and evaluations, and then you have to wait we make our recommendations to the client. We have to wait for the client approval. So any time that we can cut down that time allows for um, efficiencies in the schedule. And of course, with the interdiscipline nature of our work, everybody's always waiting on information from somebody else. So as soon as we can finalize the information that we're getting from our vendors and, you know, if we're buying valves, and we can get that valve information finalized and know the face-to-face dimensions and get that to our pipers, the more accurate the model is going to be sooner. And so we can move to model reviews sooner and that kind of thing. So there's there's definitely efficiency in our workflow process. Um, and I, I think the greatest efficiency is in the schedule aspect of it. And speaking of that, of, of that database parts, part specifications, so on and so forth, how is that getting handled? Are, are your vendors keeping a database up to date? Uh, is that on you guys to do that? Because that has to be a critical ongoing function uh, to, so that you know when you specify a component that you're specifying an accurate uh, set of information. That's what our engineers are experts at, is making sure that the information is up to date, um, as accurate as possible. And, you know, there's the whole um, design evolution and the the as the design evolves, the more accurate the information gets. And we do keep all of that information up to date in a database. You know, at the front end of a project, we'll do very preliminary data into the database. And then as the design evolves, we'll get more and more specific. 
um, and so it gets more and more accurate. And Lisa, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the cloud, <laughs> that mystical cloud thing. Uh, talk about the the power that that's providing. I assume that that all of this is that the, the cloud has become cloud computing has become uh, the backbone of this all of this data information data transfer. Uh, talk about the the power of that and how you're exploiting that. And I really think it comes um, down to the sharing of information and having a single source that Bridget just talked about is um, the really key piece. It helps us to be able to publish once and be able to have access to it from many points. And like we said, the ability to share across that. And it's, you know, I think it's becoming the the cloud and security concerns are really becoming um, key areas of focus so that we can make sure that the information that we need to protect and keep protected for the the corporations, we have that ability to do that today. And it's evolving very quickly now. And um, and so it really it allows us to be able to have that instant access to real-time information. Speaking of that, Bridget, uh, the mobility issue. Uh, have you guys, are you guys taking uh, advantage of being mobile with this information or is, is security uh, still an issue for you, especially as more people work at home? How are you addressing that? Security is always an issue and especially protecting the privacy of our clients is always critical for us. You know, some clients are more confidential driven than others, especially with licensed technology and that kind of thing. A lot of it is market driven where they don't want their competitors to know what they're working on. So within that realm, we have, you know, a range of requirements based on what client it is and what project they're working on. So we do have, especially in the current environment with everybody working from home, we have we went around and did um, VPNs on everyone's computer before they were able to take them home. So there's that security as well as having um, multi-factor authentication on a lot of our logins. There's, you know, even if somebody has a woodplc.com email address that they're logging in with, they still have to get the text authorization code in order to be able to log into things. And with the tools that we're sharing with a lot of our vendors, there's login required. There's authorization to access different projects and that kind of thing as well. So, so then you guys then literally are staying on top of that all the time because that is that is not the case with with a lot of people. They are they are not as robust in their efforts with security. But you guys clearly are doing that at every turn. Then right, and we we're, we're as a company kind of transitioning between traditional storage on network servers to, as you said, the more cloud-based approach where we have, um, you know, using the Microsoft suite, we're using Teams more as a collaborative tool and transitioning to having our meetings on there and keeping our meeting minutes on there and that kind of thing to where we can save files and everyone can edit in the same file at the same time uh, rather than emailing it back and forth as an attachment. So that's that those kind of tools are, are heavily used, especially in this current work from home environment. Well, and, and that's powerful. And, and I can see as people get uh, more comfortable with that, uh, even after after we're out of our houses, uh, the ability that I'm sure that will continue because that a lot of efficiency there. Definitely. And anytime we can have efficiencies like that, that we can reduce schedule and reduce man hours. I know you asked about the bidding process. 
anytime we can reduce man hours and schedule, we become more competitive in the market and we, we give a better value to our clients. Are digital tools in general allowing you folks to explore uh, new business areas or simply be more efficient within your current business area? Well, Gary, for Emerson, certainly we are doing much more in connected products these days and being able to help our customers be more efficient um, with access to data and actionable data. Um, in you know at the right place in the right time and so definitely I think the tools and the digital capabilities and the evolution of that even uh, Bluetooth connections into devices and you know as we evolve our software capabilities that are connected that that definitely brings new business models and and greater value to the customers. I think one of the things that we're seeing, you know, we're, we're talking about the tools that we use um, that are digital tools, but one of the, the key buzzwords in the industry right now is having digital twin. And a lot of our clients are exploring what does the digital twin mean to them? Everybody has kind of their own definition of it. But if you have a true digital twin, there is a massive amount of data available. And one of the values that we provide to our clients is identifying for them what in that digital twin realm of data is important data for them to monitor that can increase their plant uptime or decrease their maintenance um, requirements or prolong the maintenance intervals. So that's the kind of value that we're providing to our clients is helping them figure out what data is important within that realm. And doing as Bridget, as you're talking about, being able to simulate and then make real-time updates as well. So there is huge value in that digital twin. What do you What do you see, Lisa, in terms of, of where digital tools are headed in the future, next three, four years? You know, used to be able to say next 10 years, but uh, right. the way things move anymore, <laughs> it's next three years. What, what, what do you see on the horizon? Are, are, what, what are the next steps for, for this technology? Well, I think as we talked about the in the current environment where there's a lot of work from home, it becomes kind of a forcing function almost to have people adopt these tools quicker than maybe they would have in the in the traditional sense. And I think really, um, as we talked about the collaboration and the connectedness, I think it's really about embedding these tools and connecting these tools seamlessly um, in the work processes. Um, and it really ends up transforming people's jobs and, and their ability to contribute in new and different ways in their roles. And so I think it really is about expanding concurrent collaboration and really this uh, seamless movement of information that benefits everybody in removing waste and increasing quality in the work that we do. Bridget, you see uh, see things on the horizon or are you so buried in work right now that you <laughs> can't look up? No one knows what the future holds, obviously. I I think what the, the biggest skill set is the mindset change to adaptability. As these tools evolve, traditionally people are resistant to change and the people that are going to be most successful in their jobs are going to be the ones that are open to change and are adaptable to change. And even within my team, you know, I've got a lot of senior engineers that are very resistant. And then I've got a lot of senior engineers that are so excited about the new tools that are available and the ones that are more successful are the people that are open to the adaptability of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's always two camps of that. Yes. Resistance and, and give me more, give me more. As, is your company today, Bridget, 
a better informed, more efficient company than five years ago are still on that learning curve? Oh, I think without a doubt, we're we're on the cusp of embracing all the new technology. You know, we've got um, one of the things that Wood has done is we have a co-lab space. It's a collaboration laboratory that we invite our clients to. Um, anytime that there's a problem that anybody has, we open it up to the entire Wood community globally through the collab, where we have um, a problem that's posed. Everyone can submit ideas in a virtual environment. And then as those ideas evolve, they can get upvoted or, or downvoted. And the, the best ideas move on to the next stage of actually having teams of people meet in our lab that we have in our Houston office. And we can have vendors, we can have clients, we can have wood employees all in this collaborative space and use all of the tools at our fingertips to solve our clients' biggest problems. Well, ladies, thank you so much for uh, taking the time here today to give a little insight into how you guys are using digital technology to move things forward. We appreciate it. 